In 2016, a new Arrowverse show premiered on The CW. Featuring characters from The Flash and Arrow, it existed in their shadows quietly. However, it has since gained popularity and brought the three of us together to discuss the characters and their progression from season one. This week, Vostok girl bosses too close to the sun, electricity heats up between Mick and Ray, and we for one welcome our new Soviet firestorm overlords. Definitely don't call us heroes. We are the legends of next week. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to next week with the legends of next week. I'm your host, Mary. My pronouns are she, her. I'm Kate. I am another one of the hosts. My pronouns are also she, her. My name is Eden. I'm she, her, and currently obsessed with gay priors. So if you, there's a lot of pirate mentions in this episode, we've finished our flag means death, so... Some of you have finished our flag, means death. We have absorbed it through osmosis if we haven't finished it yet. But once again, welcome back to Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, It's nice to come back and watch the second parter after White Nights. Mm. This is also also good to uh, have another good episode under our belt. Absolutely. And we're really getting into, we're definitely kind of settling into the rhythm more when we reach this point, this stage with the legends. Yeah, I was going to say that this episode, along with last week's, really starts putting the show in its own direction, as opposed to following in the footsteps of Arrow and the Flash, which will age badly by the end of this episode when we instantly go back to the Flash or Arrow. It's so true, though, because like next episode is one of the ones I do not like at all. So that will be fun. But in the yeah. meantime, let's take it all back to 1986 with our episode Fail Safe. Foreshadowing can really, when we think about it, it's, this, it's looking back now. How many years has it been? Several. Um, but looking back now, Failsafe was foreshadowing, truly. And we never knew it until we got to episode 15. So just as a reminder, picking up where we left off from last episode, um, because thanks to the no thanks to um Ray being a good, good little boy scout, um, he is now taken, he's taken by the Russians. Um, mixed with the Russians, Stein's the Russians, and Leonard's the one who got away, and he ain't taking this well. No, he's really not taking the loss of his partner well. He is very much, there's a line later in the episode of my priority is Mick. Honestly, though, yeah, I, I can't blame him on this one, because, like, Rip has already kind of been, like, a disaster captain, let's just admit this. And he's lost like three, three of his crew. Not to mention he got one kill, which he, which this episode I noticed, like I didn't notice it before, but he blamed, Carter's death comes up very frequently. He frequently blames himself 
for Carter's death. Which is kind of funny considering what happens later on with what he says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say it's interesting. And they keep bringing up Carter. They will keep bringing up Carter. And I know it's the joke that everybody forgets about Carter from season one, but I forget about him in this rewatch. Like they have to bring him up as our quote unquote dead wife, like Miranda or Jonah. Yeah. I I really, I remember, it's, it's funny watching the opening for this episode and kind of thinking back to at the time because it was announced that this was going to be in this episode way back when it was airing and we were all kind of excited because oh it's Cisco and then the episode opens and it's if you've seen the flash this is not the Cisco you know and love and immediately like my red flags start going off just by hearing the tone that Carlos Valdez is using when he's speaking on screen it's oh it's good this is not the Cisco you're looking for (laughs) I called him variant Cisco because he's literally not for Cisco. He's a very dope Cisco. Yeah, this is the second time, I guess maybe this is the first time that we see quote-unquote evil Cisco. When Elseworlds is like a couple years after this, right? Okay, but we cannot erase Reverb because canon does enough of that. I'm oh, sorry. that's true. Reverb, I'm gonna say it, Reverb, Reverb was really interesting and I'm really upset we didn't get to see more of him. I have to agree with that. I remember Reverb. He was so good. He never got the credit he deserved on The Flash and held it down. Oh, it's true. Him him and Candace. Martin's talking to quote-unquote Cisco, and Cisco has his hair back in the ponytail. His clothes are sharper. He says, sir, which instantly tips Stein off. I love that he immediately knows about like Cisco not being Cisco because he's like, wait, you're just too put together to be the Cisco. I know. There's no way you're my Cisco. And then it's proven. And then, of course, like we see that slow clap and that nice, cool camera and transition moment to realize it's not Cisco. It's our favorite Valentina Balsamic who has given Stein a little cocktail of drugs. And listen, as bad as drug as someone is, I do, she, she did it with the intent of not wanting to damage his brain, which we don't drug people, but you know, she Unless was at least do. a little bit, cons- okay, yeah, but, but anyway, it's kind of like retribution given that Stein ju- drug Jax to bring him on the trip. So it's, it's like, oh, how do you like your medicine, mister? Oh, that is a nice comparison of Martin being the one drugged this time. But I have a question about this scene. How how does this work? Like I don't I don't understand how it's Cisco, but not a perfect Cisco. Because she probably doesn't know everything about Cisco. She wouldn't know anything about him. She wouldn't know anything exactly. Yeah. So like, is it his brain making it up as a way of him saying, "Wait, this is not real." That that could be it, like a fail safe in your brain saying, "Hey, wake up! This is not real." Was Vandal the one that told her who Cisco was? Because there's no way she would know who Cisco is. Yeah, I I think they I think um now I am not I I don't know science to this degree, but it's I'm wondering this is <laughs> yeah this yeah listen is there science in this show? Maybe, <laughs> but uh, 
But um, what I look at, but I think it's like maybe his brain try, uses it as a coping mechanism as this is a fellow scientist who I have worked with before, who I've communicated with before, and maybe just kind of registering that, like his brain, like the drugs kind of lull his brain into that kind of state. But um, kind of want to just push on that this is when we see um, our favorite immortal psychopath come on the scene when Stein's like, yeah, I'm not telling you anything. I really actually, uh, thinking about it, Vandal wouldn't know much about Cisco because he only met him once anyway. So how would he know about, it's like, wait, how would you know about this guy anyway? He wouldn't. He did call him dude. <laughs> That's true. I wanted to mention um, when Vandal Savage comes in, this wig is terrible. <laughs> I don't know what wig they're using for him. Because oh sometimes it looks good. <laughs> sometimes it looks good. And this time it doesn't. Like, was there a rush to get him out of makeup before this scene? It looks so bad. It looks like it is not gelled down, it's not attached. <laughs> I wonder if that's partially, I, it makes, it sometimes it makes you wonder, it's like, was that intentional so that we could have Stein come over with a, I have a good hairdresser. Yeah, maybe. Uh, which honestly, listen, say, listen, there, if there's one thing that I learned, I quickly loved about the show, it is the roast of Martin Stein. Actually, you know what? It might've actually been ad-libbed. I would love to find out if like Victor actually ad-libbed that line because of the bandwidth. I want to know because like again you I was making fun of this in the recap too you can see the hair like flowing in the wind and it still looks very very terrible so but when he comes in with his terrible wig uh he makes a mention of oh a good friend of mine Joseph Stalin gave me this which I love anytime Vandal Savage mentions someone awful from history I don't know why it just activates the serotonin. I have a question, but I, I have a, whenever Vandal Savage mentions some mystery and he gets really in depth, like he did with Stalin, I have questions about this. <laughs> he does name drop a lot, but like you have to remember how many people he probably went in time to help. So he probably helped Stalin at some point. Does he have like a laundry list? Like, all right, who's who's someone who who's who's someone is going down a dark path? Oh, this guy. He probably does. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. What if what if it's the Time Masters? Which uh, again, major spoiler for later <laughs> in the season. But that would be funny if they're coming. If you, if you haven't if you haven't seen the first season, just go ahead and binge it now. Then come back and listen to all our stuff. <laughs> If you're a Legends of Tomorrow fan, but we're told you can skip the first season and you're somehow listening to this, maybe watch it. it it's worth it. it it's Don't good listen to, to that. Yeah, it's good listen, background. Look, when someone tells you not to watch something, sometimes it's a little cute. Some, some, and it's if you're watching a decent show. So, I mean, I watch, sometimes I watch things out of spite. Yeah, because if you missed this season, we get to go. We're going to skip forward just a little bit, but we get to go to the Russian sauna because thank you, Sarah, for that idea. Yes, Sarah, uh, while Rip and Snart are having their little cat fight together, um, 
Sarah says, well, if they're in prison, we need someone who thinks like a criminal, someone who's been in and out of this gulag. So they go for, well said, that's not his name, Yuri the Bear, <laughs> uh, part of the Russian mob. And so we have a big showdown in the Russian sauna to try and get him on our team. I think I, I do. I always en- I enjoyed seeing how Rip's plans play out because um, I mean, we see later on he is he's not a planner. I'm sorry. He's not. We, we've seen it happen with the with the um, the auction. We've seen it at the Pentagon. He just he doesn't have very good contingencies. And I think we see this. He, well, you know, it's successful here, but like he's just literally like laying out. And I thank Arthur DeVille for this. He's just laid out in his towel, just absolutely just mm. talking to this guy, talking to this guy who's with the mafia, Rafa, whatever you want to call it. Like, Rafa, Rafa, yeah. Rafa, Rafa. I haven't watched Arrow in a while. Can you tell? God, don't. But um, he, he goes in this, and of course, he gets his, he get this guy absolutely kicks his tush. He goes in to ask him if he can help smuggle things in or out of the gulag. They mentioned that their friends are there. And it's not just, well, Ray, uh, Ray. Rip is in there and he's shirtless in a towel <laughs> hanging out. And Snart is also there. But Look, that's the sexiest robe. thing. I, I'm sorry, it is. Like, literally, you have him all dressed and it's still the sexiest thing to me ever. It's the confidence. Yes. It is the confidence. It really is. Yeah, I'm just going back. Because we see, I think every man in this episode gets shirtless, except for Jax. Yeah, and uh, Leonard, yeah. And Leonard. And Stein. But... Stein. Oh, wait, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Victor would have been videoing that. <laughs> okay, half the man, half the man gets shirtless. Listen, I'm not here for I'm not here for the shirtless man. Where is the Stein shirtless scene? I'm gonna I've got I've gonna jump out the window. No, Victor probably is like, no, no, I'm not doing that. Moving on though. <laughs> uh it's getting hot in here from all this steam and nuclear fission. Um, uh, um but, so their contingency plan is Sarah, which is Sarah just is the contingency plan as we see throughout this episode. Yeah. She is kicking um, all of your um, Yuri's friends' asses out in the back. When in doubt, Sarah will get us out. It's true. True. Because it's one of the great lines of Rip getting his ass beat by Yuri in this uh, sauna. And Snark just sits there. <laughs> he tries to be like, hey, you want to help me and Glenn just does you he's can't see me but I'm doing the hand and he's like oh, um, my favorite thing is like fight for yourself as soon as Sarah comes in he goes you can't even fight for yourself literally because she's just kicked everyone's ass and he's just standing there and he tries to fight him but I think like Yuri just like gives him a good good punch in the face so that didn't work and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say regardless of how regardless, I, I feel like this is a really also a good episode um where you see Sarah and Leonard's friendship really coming through. Yes. Or however you perceive it. Yes, definitely as that 
goes along uh, just as a little quick side note this is one of my favorite sarah lines or sarah moments it's like i just took out six men you guys can't handle one yes i, go, I love that my men <laughs> I I love that because it's it's literally like we're just gonna depend on Sarah for everything when again Rip doesn't think things through and leaves two of the members on the ship you leave Kendra and you leave Jax so yes let's leave the POCs on the ship good job no and yeah I think that's a really interesting thing to kind of segue into and also aside from me noticing that Jax gets to wear socks in the med bay um not not me listen I, I get cold feet um literally but I yeah like I th- I didn't the first time I watched this episode way back way back when I I honestly did not see it and now looking back I do see it it's really it just it's just like in the pilot when they were both two who didn't want to come originally it's just like rip his sideline them because he thinks because rip essentially is like telling Jax you are half of the superhero I need. So essentially, half a zero, half a superhero is not half a superhero to me. And Kendra, you have, and he's still holding Kendra's, um, Kendra's loss of Carter and also her bird freak out in the Pentagon against her, kind of, I feel. And it's just, it's, ah. We never said that Rip was a good leader. He is not. Like, if you're going to go into battle, you bring everybody you can with you. And the fact that, like, he kind of, I feel he definitely does a lot of white savioring in this kind of episode where it's like, Mm -hmm. well, it will be us that helps and you guys can stay behind here. Yeah, that's just something I wanted to add on with this Kendra and Jax being left behind as literal. I do find it troubling that the two openly POC isn't the right term. I know um, Wentworth Miller. Uh, has a mixed background but say um visible poc characters are pretty much even in this episode where they get quote-unquote development are still almost entirely defined by their other white halves because stein has gotten a lot of development even just with the pilot when he meets his younger self and in this episode where he does do some great things and victor garber's great in this episode as always there's still this element that Kendra and Jax are only good if their other halves of Carter and Stein are with them. And that as their own independent people can't display the same sort of strength. Like Jax has mentioned that he, he was it he broke his ACL or tore his ACL. Yes. Something he, like he that. He does mention what happened um, in college where he t- tore his knee actually and then yeah, knee. Yeah. yeah and then um he ended up losing his scholarships and everything so he literally lost everything yeah, yeah and, I, I, and i'm just remembering now because um there was a time well, a few years um a couple years back now i was actually thinking about this today um where i was watching all the firestorm episodes to research on something and um it really put, and so it was a part of accelerated explosion that happened that like the force, the blast, like he was helping get people off the field after a game and the force that like knocked him into a wall and that gave him his career and an injury. And so it's, and that's, and the thing is like, he never, like, he never took ill on that. 
but to, and and but it was always just like was it this great disappointment that he lost that on life he's supposed to have yes but and he shows that it doesn't hold him back whereas rip kind of sees it as oh this holds back and jack says i know i'm gonna do this anyway because this is and, this and is honestly jack is just like to me so heroic without he doesn't need stein he literally does not need he, he, he'll be like my friend is in trouble i need to help my friend I'm willing to do whatever it takes to help my friend. And it's to me, that already makes you a hero. You don't need to have your other half. Yeah. Um, I actually took note of this down. Um, I hope I'm not speaking too close to Mike. But uh, at the end of the episode, like I, when they were talking after like the rescue and all, which we'll get to, but um, I had a moment where I was like, you know what? Jack's, this is kind of where Jax is becoming the heart of the team. I know in season two that um, Stein says it's Sarah, but I'm sorry, Stein's wrong. It's Jax. Jax is the heart of the team. And that's, that's very prevalent through the time that Franz is on Legends. That Jax is the heart of the team. Yes, he's the youngest, but he is, but he's the heart. He's capable. He's strong. He's always able. He, he, he's relentless. It's also this idea that I think Jax, as he said in the last episode when he and Martin are having their fight, that Jax has a lot to lose. Like, you say this as, um, you're right, that he is the youngest member of the team, but as he mentions, like, I have a single mom, and she doesn't know what's happened to me, and if something happens, I know Stein tries to say that I'm the one that has to tell her what happens, which, even though he's right in that regard, he's still putting himself before Jax and about how this will affect me of having to tell her. I think Jax's continued desire to do good, even when he may not physically be able, is really important to his story. In the same way that with Kendra, just to kind of like add on to that, Ken, it's also kind of upsetting that both of them are kind of defined by their body in a way about what their physicality and what Mm -hmm. they can do well if we're being quite honest kendra hasn't gotten to do anything except she had that fun freak out but we love a girl boss yeah honestly i'm thinking about it it was stein's selfishness in the last episode that got them all here in the first place and he's like Mm -hmm. his need to fix all that because he realized I should have said this in the first place. I need to fix things. So now I need to go on this mission is why he got caught in the first place. Yeah. Along with, um, again, it, it kind of feeds into how Rip blames himself for Carter and all of this. And Kendra basically telling Rip that, hey, what's happened is that I'm not afraid and that I can do this is asking to have that faith put back in her as Kendra and not in her as Shira. Mm-hmm. Where everyone still is kind of looking at her as hot goddess queen. Good for her. But she, I mean, I know the joke is I'm a barista and that's true, but it really is. She is Kendra Saunders before Shira. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think it's one of the first times we see her Kind of being open about that we're gonna to get to that scene with her and jacks a bit later when they form their stein plan but we're take a quick detour just to mention the best line of the episode which is rip 
and Sarah and Len are all making their little plans for the gulag. And Len says the best line of maybe the series. Yes. I love that line. Go for it. This isn't my first prison break. It's such a good line, (laughs) which if you're unaware, not somehow, maybe you don't know, is that Wait, you guys watched Prison Break more than I did, so go ahead. Uh, Wentworth and Dom were both on Prison Break. They were played brothers, and that's actually how they met. Actually, I think Dom got the part as um, Heatwave because Wentworth actually recommended him when they were looking for a mix, so that's the fun part of it. So yeah, like they've literally had, I think it's five, is it six? Seasons of literally breaking out of prison after prison after prison. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Do we count the do I count the season two there? You know, I'm not gonna say prison break spoilers. I'm just gonna say do what I did, watch it a month, and then so which is essentially like putting your heart in blender. You'll feel you'll feel about you'll feel a lot of emotions. It's a lot and it's worth it. But it really um, is. So yeah, we got nothing else to do. Until legends not, come back, not to be promoting things, <laughs> you, you kind of can because again, you you get that relationship, the same kind of relationship between Michael and his brother yeah. that you get with uh, Mick and Leonard. So it's kind of a good. And watch. speaking of that, that's a good transition to Act Two. Um, Mick and Leonard are in the Koshmar Gulag, which um, was mentioned in Arrow. Uh, I believe John Diggle was there to, and ended up meeting Floyd Lawton, which I thought at the time I remember, because I was, this was this age when I was still, I was still into Arrow because something hadn't happened yet. I won't talk about it, but. Um, rest in I, peace, Floyd Lawton. You're not dead <laughs> yet. But rest in, rest in peace, was. Arrow, Floyd Lawton. <laughs> You I actually don't wait. He is dead. They bombed all of them. <laughs> that man. That man. That that man is ashes in the wind. You well, did I'm a so good. Sorry. You, you did a good thing in your last moments. <laughs> so sorry to interrupt, but once again, 2016, terrible year to be a DC Comics fan because <laughs> they had murdered the entire Suicide Squad on uh, Task Force oh, X. That's right. <laughs> So that the Suicide Squad movie could come out, and that was that's bad. Murder. I forgot they killed Amanda Waller. Oh my God, rest in oh, peace, Amanda yeah. Waller. Oh my. Okay. Rest in peace, yeah. Amanda Waller. You and I didn't. You and I didn't listen. I didn't. But I have I, to say, Viola Davis of... is a good freaking Amanda Waller. No, so yeah, um, we we do love Viola Davis on this podcast. Amanda Waller, my favorite imperialist. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm talking with you after this. There, well, I like that Yuri the Bear says, "Well, this gulag, your friends must be dangerous, ruthless animals." And then the next smash cut is Ray being walked to his cell, like, "Hi there, how are you doing?" <laughs> he's the El- I'm gonna. Say, he's the L Woods of the Koshmar Gulag. <laughs> He literally is. You are not wrong. He literally goes in there and like, I'm gonna make friends with everybody. And Mix is literally looking at him like, this is not how it works. This is not how any of this works. My God, he's gonna get himself killed. I don't think Mick cares at this point. Mick, 
mix Emmett Forest era. <laughs> no, though. Like again, the we bring in we bring there. in actually on this episode, uh, mix pyromaniac. And he loves to flame, but I feel like we got rid of that after a while somehow. I don't know how. Mick's characterization, much like his intelligence, uh, varies, depends on who's writing him. It really does. He is, and I like Mick a lot. I think Mick is the most inconsistently written character on the show. He truly is. Um, I I like this. This is the good this is one of this, you know what, Mick Rory has a few good eras. This is a good Mick Rory era. This is the first episode where Mick gets any development. Oh, it's true. You're Ooh. right. He had a little bit last episode with the think like a criminal thing, but that wasn't so much development as more, I like to hurt people. <laughs> this is how I would hurt you. Literally, we're in the p- prison um, yard, and Freight just decides to go mosey up to somebody and be like, hey, do you know so-and-so? And I'm like, Ray, why would you do this in a prison? Why would you do this in a prison? And then while he's getting his butt kicked in prison, um, Mick steals someone's lighter and just looks at it. Yep. I'm sorry. I forgot to mention that earlier... He says, uh, he says, oh, yeah, this isn't like the food in Boy Scouts. <laughs> food was terrible. It does. And again, constant Boy Scout references. That's nice. Because again, Brandon Roof, Superman. Mm. He also gets the nickname Pretty in this episode, which is Yes, nice. that's the first time Mick calls him Pretty, which he does. I feel like he stops and then calls him haircut. So it was like pretty first and then haircut. And then he called Nate pretty at some point too. He loves using that one. Haircut's the first episode. I'm not Uh, saying Mick has a type, but Mick has a type. He has has a type. type. (laughs) Meanwhile, I feel like if you watch the old Super Friends, whatever the announcer we go. And meanwhile, back at the Legion of Doom. That's how I feel. That's true, As it is. we scoot back to Stein and Vostok. Gosh, um, she's so hot. Sorry. Let, oh, yeah, yeah. Let's just talk about that. She is gorgeous. Respectfully, I... I have... Uh, the, nah. <laughs> the blouse in this episode? Ma'am. However, I do have to say that every woman in season one of Legends has the same leather jacket. It yes, is the do. same one. It's it's the sisterhood of the traveling jacket. Oh, it is because they're all cool girls. We <laughs> we have a department, man. But I I do love that she's just so intrigued about doing this project. As she's like, at any cost, she will have her own firestorm. Yeah, she's a woman on the go. Mm-hmm. She literally gaslit. Gate kept and girl boss. They did. Can we talk about her plan? This is so stupid. Okay. We later see a flash of this in the future. Apparently in 2003, we see a bad CGI rendering of this. The plan is that Soviet firestorms, multiple ones, are just zooming through Star City, burning it to the ground. (laughs) 
Why Star but, City? Why not Washington, D.C.? Like, if I was going to take over the world, I would not go through Star City. I would do Washington, D.C. That make more sense to me. Listen, and New York, because it's the finance capital of the world. We've seen from Arrow that Star City is the gateway to all the weird stuff that happens. Look what happened. I mean, honestly, they had, they had, they had a massive earthquake, man-made. They had a spree of jacked up guys on drugs going through we're not gonna we're and that's where that's where no well then we had then we had the whole league of assassins but listen it's they're near they're near water they're gonna come in and they're gonna spread out because star city is the kind of place that's gonna overlook that kind of crap did grod ever make it to star city no because grod kidnapped no I'm trying not to yet. Not yet. yet. Okay. I, I, I couldn't remember if he actually got all the way there. Can you imagine Grodd controlling Oliver Queen? You know, that might have been a better series, actually. <laughs> would, if that had been season four of Arrow, it would have been a good season. This is why I'm not oh, allowed no, to write TV shows. No. Right into the pod. Would it have been worse if Laura Lance was murdered by <laughs> Gorilla Grodd? <laughs> Comment yes. down below. <laughs> mm. But then we would have had we don't, season two. <laughs> we don't we don't fridge women. I know. <laughs> There's that an episode of uh once again take a shot when I bring up other DC media. Uh there's an episode of the Young Ju- uh not Young Justice, Justice League Unlimited where um Grodd and this lady scientist are gonna gonna nuke Gorilla City. And she is in love with him. That would have been fun. You know what? Good for good for her. (laughs) And speak. And actually, it's really good thing because I'm so. Did anyone else get a vibe that um, Valentina was kind of into Savage? Because that's the vibe I was starting to get. I, I honestly got that vibe because, like, she was like, "Do not put his name in your mouth." When, like, literally, Stein was like. Uh, talking bad about him and she, he you wasn't wanna, wrong but she's details? like that's my man and you better not be talking crap about him this isn't us being uh this isn't us like crazy woman trope uh we can say this because this is season one of legends where once again every woman is cool girl that we mean this yes they're all <laughs> here to spite and men honestly, you have to look here- hot Here's your podcast homework. Go watch Gone Girl, which I also should do. And then um, go <laughs> watch this season. And Honestly, tell us, are we wrong? But like, look at Casper. You can't blame the girl. You can't. On Sam's record, this is wig. the best Vandal Savage look. Vandal Savage is repulsive in all other media. Well, it's like I'm not, okay, I'm not gonna go repulsive. I'm just gonna say this is the best. We need to move on. Um, <laughs> where are we? Oh yeah, so all the firestorms are gonna move into Star City. I, I just have to wonder, and that's 2003. So for almost 20 years, are there just firestorms running around everywhere? That is a good question because, like, wouldn't you have just dominated the world, like, in the first two years or something with all those? I yeah, I don't know. That's weird. I, that doesn't seem like anything. a very good plan. 
Yeah. <laughs> this is such a mess. Okay. Uh, well, my last thing just to say about this moment before we move on. Um, uh, Reagan slander, which was nice. Uh, oh, that was nice. She did diss Reagan, which we appreciate because she's like, with your TV actor. Big Mac president. Big Mac president, which again, we don't all eat McDonald's, lady. We don't. And I also say, like, that line was very telling, also because this aired in, um, I think it was February of 2016. And if you, and well, uh, well, we're all, well, at this point, you should all be alive for this. If you remember it in 2016, that was the one of the worst years yet until 2020 happened. And um, we had to, and I remember, um we had we were dealing with that election so it was almost like oh i see what you're doing i see what you're doing and then um and then and, and i do and then as she's going on this rant like america and you know she's not wrong about everything but uh then we have sign give a very poignant i think is the interesting word to describe i feel like, like he was so optimistic here seriously this is this, so. this this is um i'm sorry this is white optimism we are hearing right here he really it and really I, was it was because yeah. he's all like in america people could marry whoever they love but we don't have communism yay yay in america and it's like um yeah even even with the preface that my country is not perfect, it still is just so, it's so overly optimistic. And I think, but I also think at the same time, just um, uh, it's interesting also hearing how like he, when he tells her like he wanted to go to Russia because he was so fascinated by their culture and then telling her how, what happens in the future. And if you keep it up with current events, it's really interesting how this one like kind of plays in. Like I was thinking about current events that are happening in the year 2022 as I'm watching this episode from 2016. Yeah, it's it's like, again, I think it was optimism of the writers that they were hoping that none of this would happen, but oh well. Well, it's also... I don't know if it's 2016 optimism. I think it's 20. This is probably written in 2015. You're correct. At the end and then aired beginning of 2016. So this is 2015 optimism. Mm. Remember, remember when we had hope? Wasn't that great? Well, I mean, to your point of, the, I mean, this it's very rah rah America, rah rah rah, sisboba, boo communism, <laughs> socialism. <laughs> It's very much the the vibes of this speech and the attitudes, but then it's interesting to compare to later seasons and their <laughs> idea of hope for the future. Yes, it is actually. And again, Stein is coming from a very optimistic place, and we have to remember Victor is gay, so I feel like he was coming mm-hmm. from a place that like he could finally get married and do all this stuff. So it's coming from that too. And also, um, I also just remember this point. We knew that he ha- he was being tortured. We knew this. Um, Valentina was torturing him, and so to be able to look like as 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 much white optimism as we have here, it's still great. It's it's still nice that you know it still like says a lot about sign that it takes a lot to break this old man. That's a good segue to just quickly get back to Kendra and Jax on the B team. 
Uh, Jack, no, he doesn't say B team. He says, oh, we're on the JV team. Yes, he does. A lot of experience in that one. But they end up coming up with this plan, or Jax comes up with this plan. Kendra with the help of Kendra, the yeah, says, it was the help of Kendra because she goes, he remembers Ronnie because of her. So started off with that. Yes, and it's because Jax is getting flashes of what's happening with Stein, and Kendra says, "Well, here's what you're gonna do. You know, your connection has to go both ways. Then, if you can feel what he's feeling, he has to feel what you're feeling." So Jax comes up with the idea to cut into his arm uh he cuts and we're coming which is uh, has, has anyone here seen nightmare on helm street three god it's been a while but yeah way long time ago but i don't remember everything <laughs> it's a no it's a scene where it's not as optimistic but there's like a kid stuck in dreamland and then they like see that under his shirt yes I, I, yeah, I remember out, that. Mm-hmm. come and get him bitch yes i do remember this and, um, that's what that made me think of. Although this one is, again, more optimistic. But we're going to need that optimism for Stein because in coming up with a plan, Rip has pulled teacher's pet Sarah aside. And he's literally... a special classroom job. He's the worst. He literally manipulates her and gaslights her all at the same time. Is, is your puncher a girl boss? Let's discuss, let's discuss Man, in the comments. What is it? It's the mansplain manipulate male wife oh god that is him oh my god rips him. oh we, well we know he was a male wife but oh yeah he's a male wife but um yeah rip takes her side he's like hey um i'm gonna show you the future of your city and look at all look look at look at all these firestorms flying around look at them that's the destruction of the white suit if valentina succeeds so if things hit the bricks um do what you do the thing you know i i brought you on to do yes and of course leonard leonard who i have absolutely no doubt was eavesdropping and is is making chat with sarah in the cargo bay later and he brings up what i think was really interesting he tells her i never took out one of my own on a job and at that point it's like uh did y'all watch the first season of flash because he 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 did do that yeah, I was gonna say, didn't he kill that one guy who was? He did kill that one guy before he made that deal with Barry Allen. He killed people. Yeah. So rest yeah. in peace, that one guy. <laughs> we don't remember your guy. name. But... Does he even have a name? I you don't even out. know. He no, was probably good number two. We're we're gonna name him Tyler. His name is now Tyler. Um, what's interesting again is. She she literally went to Rip saying, I feel like a monster. So now Rip is like, well, I need you to be that monster to kill this, to kill Martin Stein because he might be a little bit of trouble here and it might ruin everything. And I, I still can't believe, like, again, she's probably still going with, am I still a human person? But yeah, and Rip should have totally here. went to her and been like, kill this guy. <laughs> Again, foreshadowing. <laughs> but I think this is where that whole there's the Rip Sarah scene and then there's the Snart Sarah scene. Which in this rewatch, you really see that Rip and Snart are parallels. Mm-hmm. They both have that self-destructive quality to them and aren't above 
using other people to get what they need. Which, again, yeah. (laughs) Snart is direct about it. Mm -hmm. He's like, hey, he wants you to kill that old man so that we can save the day. And she tries to deny it, and he says, no, like, that's what you're gonna do. I know. Yeah, and he goes, well, he goes, well, aren't you gonna do your own little thing? He goes, yeah, all I care about is Mickey getting him out of there, so at least he's being honest about what he wants to do. He even tells her when they get to um, the gulag to start the mission he says hey when, when you're gonna kill stein uh don't use a gun look him in the eyes use your hands oh yeah that was like he was like uh, you you just need to see the death like you know life train out of him like he's like, i think he said that because he really wanted to put it in that he's gonna i'd like to her. see i'd like to see letter and star and anakin skywalker me i want to oh, see that yes the- Oh, I was going to say this is the way. That's Mandalorian. Oops. Sorry. You know, it's all Star Wars. Um, Yes. Uh, I have a note here that just says Womp Eye Candy. I don't remember what that meant. Was that the one where they're getting electrocuted? Oh, I think it's right before that when Ray drags some, it gets thrown back in the cell and Mick's there. Quick question. Is Mick, Mick's voice is higher in this season. Yes, he's it's not a Winchester. He's suffering he's, Winchester syndrome. Yes, he's. <laughs> yet you are not wrong because that literally is what Jensen did. He had a higher voice in season one of Supernatural, and slowly but surely, his voice got the same thing with Misha. I swear, every voice in like CW land, their voice gets like deeper as seasons go on. Have we done this analysis, of Riverdale? <laughs> So, <laughs> uh, they're having their little scene in the cell where Mick tells him, yeah, I wasn't going to stand up for you. He says, you had that beating coming because you're not playing by the rules in prison. This is what happens. And if you watch any true crime documentary like I do, literally, yeah, there's a like whole ar- a hierarchy in jail and there's a certain way you need to act or you are going to get beat up. And then use and, then, and you know and it's not just by the other prisoners. Oh no, it's the guards too. We see. Oh yeah. So this is um when um I almost said Stellan Savage. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, Savage comes back into Stein and says, "All right, you're not going to talk. Like we've tortured you enough. All right, we're going to start torturing your friends." And he says the same line about if there's one thing I've learned in thousands of years is patience. I think I clocked this. I think they wrote the same line twice. It Honestly, is the exact no. same line. I feel like Different it's person, very, same line. Yeah, but it's very twirly villain mustachey thing where it's like, I'm going to say this. Wow. And a lot of villains have like a line they'll continue to say over and over again. So, yeah. Underrated Mick line in this scene is when Mikhail, who is the guard that Mick's been having issues with, when he says, like, what did you say when you were going to go all Rocky Four on my ass? And Mick says, oh, no, even Drago lives at the end. Which is true, because the only one who dies in that whole movie is Apollo Creed, so, yeah. I've never seen those movies. They're good. That's our homework for the pod. That's our homework. 
so uh, this is, however, that's a good Mick line. This is this is one of Ray's best lines. I forgot how good this line is. So oh, they're the getting your mama stuff. The they're getting electrocuted. <laughs> they're getting electrocuted. Um, it's bad. And then after electrocutions, some guy brings out a sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. And Stein, does he do an interrogation? Uh, uh, you know, just interrogation things. Um, and just as he's about to really, he's about to like hit Mick in the yeah, face. Yeah, he was going to hit Mick. Uh, Ray says, hey, can I get like a sandwich or something? Uh, some mayo. You guys have mayo in Russia? I, I, I will take one for the team. They, they have mayonnaise in Russia. Well, Obviously. <laughs> this felt like a very uh, random thing to say. But uh, he's commu- again, reference to communism really sucks. Yeah. Uh, again, rah, rah, America, America, capitalism. I feel like we need the theme to well, Team America. I mean, going on. what is Ray but a capitalist? What is Ray but a, what is Ray but just Captain America in, it, a, in a different thought? Actually, he's Tony Snark, Stark, except nicer. <laughs> Ray is a, is a reforming capitalist. Um, but anyway, he has that scene. He says, um, like, oh, I'm going to do something to you. He's like, nothing compared to what <laughs> yeah, I did mama. to your mother last night. Your You've mama. quite a mouth on you. So does she. <laughs> and then he, and then the man takes out his mommy issues on him. For like he the wails that- on Ray. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The fact that you had literally Ray Palmer say something like that, though. Ray Palmer. I can't see Time season... changes people. I can't even see season five Ray saying that. No! Like, I can never see Ray Palmer say any of that because he's always, like, the optimist, like, ray of sunshine. And it's like, I'm gonna say all this dirty stuff about your mama. Even in it is rage era. Yeah. It's such a good moment. And Mick is spared because Ray takes essentially the beating for both of them. Yes, he does. That's what and then, like, to break. Mick realizes, like, because, again, Ray's been saying, like, that's what you do for a friend the whole entire time is, like, you help a friend out when he got beat. He's like... Why didn't you help me? You help friends. And he kind of took that. And I feel like it was kind of also to teach Mick, look, I'm your friend. I'm going to help you no matter what. Or even just because I know. So when they go back to their cell and Ray is like falling in and out of consciousness and they're talking and Mick says, why would you do that? Mick understands going for your partner and helping them. But he and Ray are very clearly not partners in that sense when he asks why would you take that for me and ray says there's some things that are worth dying for there's things that are more important than my own life Mm -hmm. and it's so funny because that's around the time that leonard comes for mick like on cue this it's the beginning of i really enjoy ray and mick's relationship and i wish we had gotten more um we get some like as the seasons go on, but 
I think their relationship is just so interesting because this is one of the first moments where you see Mick change. Like Mick has been portrayed as guy who sets things on fire and that's it for four episodes. And this is the first time where he tells Len when he says my only team is mine and Snarth's. He says, I can't leave him here because he took that beating from me. And honestly, again, you see also with Leonard, last season, last episode was called White Knight. You kind of see his progression into becoming that White Knight because literally he did not have to do what he did to for Sarah at all. He didn't need to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. That's um, probably one of my favorite moments of this episode's episode. Um, and because what because I it's really interesting because let because like Leonard gets him out. Um we actually get we and yeah, we gotta hit back on top of the riots, but like they have to run because they're in the guards uniform. So it's like, oh, guards at a prison riot. Uh that's a good thing. So they they had they start running and Leonard tells Mick, oh, this Kate, go out that way. I have to go back to this. Is like, what are you doing? And that's like, and I think. We really started to see, now we're going to delve, in, delve into this next episode, but this is where you see that, like, the, like, we, like, this is an impact site. The cracks are going to start to form in this ultra-tight bond that they have. Mm-hmm. Because, because they're suddenly, they're expanding outward. Yeah. And they're being you, drawn to different people. You have to think that Leonard and Mick knew each other literally since they were teenagers. So if they've had that partnership for how many years? They're like my age. So that's a very long time to have a friendship like that. Yeah. And I know we learned later about how Len and Mick first met at Juvie, but it's essentially Mick is the one, Mick is the one who stood up for Len in the yard. Mm-hmm. And so when Ray does that for Mick, it's like care not to use fire puns or metaphors, but it's like passing Wait. that torch and saying, I have to like, then this is just what I do. It's, I, I say a simple moral code, not to like negate anything Mick says or does, but it's just this very easy code of you help me, I'll help you. Whereas Ray's and kind of impacting from Len as he changes too into what is right and wrong which isn't always a quid pro quo do this for me i'll do this for you it's not always black and white sometimes it's gray yeah where ray didn't have to do that but he just didn't want to see somebody else get hurt Mm -hmm. for no other reason um quick sarah note just to get off topic i do like that sarah is playing a corpse to get into this building that's very funny Oh, how do you yeah. like to die being dead again is Len's line, I think it was. It's like, how do you yeah. like <laughs> It's like, that's just such a Len thing to do. Like, literally. And then, yeah, but yeah, we see Sarah. She's out there. She has a chance to take the shot because chaos is happening because um, I do love that Kendra and Jax so just kind of coming back to them. They, um... They went up to was like, hey, uh, we're not going to be benched. We are capable. We're going to be in this. And they come and Rip was like poo-pooing their whole plan. Yeah. I just want to add in that 
it's rip poo-pooing the plan because rip is a party pooper like their plan was so much better than rips i mean seriously rip had a bad plan but also gideon says this um scenario is highly unlikely and kendra says have a little faith gideon and knowing what we know later about gideon and her programming is just that moment of kendra's i don't care about statistics i don't care about likelihood i believe in us and I think that'll later impact Gideon as they move on. Yeah, we definitely see I that. I found that moment mm-hmm. poignant. Which, if we're going to talk about Kendra and Jax, we must talk about the best moment of Jax sprinting across the yard. Barry Allen who? Yes, that's my favorite <laughs> okay. line. So, because he, like, again, he ruined his knee. He has to run to this thing and something he, it could have hurt is that he did it he did it he does it at cost to himself and again we circle back to kendra and Jax are far more than just the sum of their parts and i, I want to talk about kendra specifically once we get towards the end of this episode but this is when we um, oh wait, we also forgot the line of when Vic is carrying Ray out of the cell and they're about to get <laughs> to the death ship and Ray says, Vic, he's half conscious at this point. This is a strange kind of hug. <laughs> yes. He's, he's draped over him. Uh, and now, this is, I guess, White Knights and Failsafe, they're very quotable episodes. A lot of good quotes from this because then we have Vostok's. Have you ever merged with a woman? Woman, professor. (laughs) (laughs) His face is that line. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't know. I didn't know how to process that. Um, It honestly sounds so dirty. I don't remember at this point, but I still. I don't remember. This is more after because I. I had like. Like I had a really big hyper focus on um, start telling Sarah she wasn't killer anymore. Anymore, and I was like, "Dang!" And then, yeah, no, but yeah, yeah. The, when oh, wait, Valentina we... puts all those pieces together, that wait, you need two people to do this, and doesn't even give two crafts about doing it safely. Who needs safety in science? Always practice safe. I love Merging. that actually that is pretty good <laughs> CGI I compared to what happens to Vandal Savage in the same damn episode. Which, oh, sorry. We totally skipped this because we were being happy about Kendra and Jax, but we should talk about, we just mentioned Snart and Sarah have a scene, but she has the shot on Stein and um, Snart comes on over the comms and he says, you're not a killer anymore. Which again, uh, yeah, I, I know that was the line that shipped a, a, literally launched a ship of a thousand ships or whatever. That's one of those. Um, it was what Captain Canary started from what, that I was line. there, Gandalf! <laughs> I was there. I witnessed, the, I witnessed it all. But honestly, again, he didn't have to go out of his way to actually do this. So that to me, that shows his start of him become wanting to become a hero. I know it started with Barry Allen, him promising not to kill people. But I feel like that's the progression. 
So that's a really beautiful scene. A lot of good character development in this episode. And then we cut to... Um, <laughs> we cut to Vostok in... Which, okay, how is she in the same cell as the in the same chamber as the reactor core? She would have got radiation loss. poisoning. I just don't <laughs> get it. Like, seriously, <laughs> if she would have just... It would have been the fly it's, with Jeff Goldblum. It's, it's, it's mean, called like, plot armor. I know, but in literally the <laughs> last episode, we saw Stein walk in there. Like, I'm the first person to see it was a gamma radiation, like with my own eyes. Yeah, but he he has he has already radiation in him, so he's able to because of Firestorm. This lady had nothing. She literally had nothing. She would have been literally. Radiation fallout. I don't get how she survived. She's science wise, just, just a bad bitch. That that's all. <laughs> we're, 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 who said we, we already just so that we we don't we don't do science on this show. Well, so I'm just saying scientifically. If you went into a place of radiation and held radiation, you'd be dead. So she should have been dead. And so Spice we Girl starts playing it become one um oh my god and, uh, but she is she looks great she's great and, but, and she's not she didn't do it safely because martin's honor is like ah, uh, you didn't use the splicer we're really unstable right now look look stein is, is a lot of things but you listen lots. to the man you listen to stein he knows He's a, he can be, he can be, a, we, we know he can be a lot in your head, thanks to Jax, but he knows a thing or two. But I liked this idea, like when, so they're like, oh no, he's already merged with Vostok, we're boned. And Jax says, no, I, like, they ask where he's going, and Jax says, I'm going to get Gray. And it's I love again, his nickname for him. I do. I, I do love too. That it's my favorite thing. Jax's pure love and desire to do the right thing. I know that's Ray's thing. And I'm not taking this away from who Ray is as a character. Because again, we all know Ray. Pure good. We just talked about that. But I, I think Jax's love of the team and to do good for others is often overlooked. Yeah, I think Ray love became more later on the seasons like as he was there longer and once Jax really left he kind of took over as that mm-hmm. because in this moment when Jax approaches Vostok and he's telling him like hey I know you're in there and you're a tough son of a bitch and I know you're a pain and it doesn't mean like I forgive you for everything but so when she tries to set him on fire, you can see that she can't use her fire because Stein's holding it back. So I liked this idea of not only because of Martin being the brains and Jax being the brawn or the body is that they still do share both of those. Like Jax can come up with the plans and Martin does take some physicality. Yeah, and yeah, I think, once he's like shouts at them, they like break apart, and he breaks out of her. So that was interesting. because he too. grabs Gray and says, "We're because I know that this is going on, but we're Firestorm Gray, mm-hmm. you and me." I love that. I do. Like, no matter where you say that, 
Mm. It's just un- they're an underrated dynamic. It really, it really is. There, there. It's 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 great to see them the, the seasons and how and how they grow together as a team, but also as individuals in their own ways. And it's, it's a great true. journey. Um, rip to Vostok though, because she has a she has a meltdown, and Stein kind of wants to see it. Look, I don't blame the man because he's just been tortured forever. But she lived. She served cunt. Then she could die. (laughs) Which, again, is such a theme on season one. Let's let's kill all the women because we can. But also, like, I know, like, he wants to see it. Like, yes, probably because this woman tortured him. He wants to see just to be served. But also, like, he's interested from a scientific perspective. It's like, no, 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 we need to go because we're going to die. And we we uh, really haven't talked about the other underrating of scene that ooh. we're kind of skipping of Rip and Vandal. Yeah. I want to get to this because, first of all, I know I've probably mentioned this. I love the music they use for Vandal Savage. Whenever, whenever oh, he Oh, God, yes! Whenever he shows up, there's this, like, weird choral thing going on. Yes, it's there is. All- he is strutting through this prison he's yard. He's strutting that runway. He's just strutting. His guards are getting eaten by prisoners, essentially. He's just walking because he gets flashes that Shaira is there. And again, Incredible. underrated scene, underrated Kendra line is him when Savage comes in and says, I can find a way to prolong your life. Like, come to me. And Kendra's line of no. My answer will always be no. Such a good line. I'm so, I love that. Because and we have to remember, Savage is a freaking creeper. I'm sorry, he is. He's a creeper. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, listen, like- for, all, for all we, I know we talk a lot about Savage. We all, we all have, a, we're all, we're all a little taken by Casper, but the character- is let me mute myself for this conversation. <laughs> Rest in peace, my friend. Yeah, um, it's true. Anyway, but yeah, Savage is he's he's a creepy guy. He's a stalker essentially pursuing the same woman for four thousand years. I lost count right now, but it's it's not a, it's not okay. Don't be like Vandal Savage. You want to be like a guy. You want to be like Legends Ray Palmer. Yeah, it's true because okay. again, you're like you literally That's this how you guy. Someone of your this, this guy is being. And I know it's only the show and not the comics. This guy literally is being a villain just so he could get a girl. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, I know I've talked about. I read a lot of comic content with Vandal Savage and his assorted crew that he runs around with. And I do think that Legends did that character a disservice by really cutting out most of his power. The MCUification of Vandal Savage, if you will. Oh my god. But I do think as hammy and kind of dumb as a villain he is, I think he's seriously one of, still is, one of the most effective season villains we've had. Because uh, yeah, he's I so menacing. Yeah, I think of like literally one other that I love as much and even um even in his bad wig he's still wearing the bad wig in this scene they really couldn't fix it um 
but then Rip <laughs> Rip shows up with his little gun. Every time I see that stupid little gun Rip has, I want to laugh. It's just so cheap and it's so tiny. <laughs> and they have that conversation. Yeah, he's like, I want my watch back. I want my watch back with my kids and my wife's picture on it. And you see Savage do his little talk. It's like, oh, I've stared at their faces for the past 11 years. Miranda and Jonas, I can't wait to meet them and kill them and tell them it was all your fault. And that again hammers to the point that Rip, and trying to prevent the death of his family, Rip causes the death of his family. Yeah, it's very true. It's like, Again, it's like how much of time is predestined and how much is time you make it kind of thing. It looks like Rip's going to shoot him and doesn't and he sets the explosion off. Which, uh, First of all, like that moment where he's strutting away from the explosion. Great. Power strut. He has his little hands on his hips and he is just walking with his um, coat behind him. Great. Second, that is an awful CGI explosion. Yeah, like I feel like they spent the CGI on the meltdown, to be honest. <laughs> Which they should have. She looked worth great. it. <laughs> because you can see Casper standing there and then the computer remove him from the screen. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Look, we, we were on a petty in a dream on season one. <laughs> I, it, but yeah, it's interesting. Um, it makes me wonder, like, as they're going through history, like, how much did, how much, like, was, if, how, how much, like, the Russians wanted to cover up the Koshmar incident that happens, like, oh, we don't, we don't know anybody nuclear explosions, man, no. But that's a good point. This doesn't have ripples in the time stream. There was a nuclear meltdown. It's the Soviet Union. It is. Like, look at, like, what's going on in Russia right now and how much disinformation they give out. So I have a feeling that they literally went on TV and was like, that was an explosion. That was an earthquake that happened in Russia or something stupid like that. I also think, I just want to interject in here because, um, wasn't Volstagg in the comic? She was like, if you've seen Doom Patrol, um, you know she was meant to yes. be the negative woman in a sense. And I always wonder, ever since I learned that, a thought that had always been in the back of my mind was like, dang, this could have been like a real, like this could have been her, um, this could have been her like Peter Parker being bit by a spider moment. Oh, it could have been her the negative woman. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, and that's what I thought about a lot. Like, And honestly, I feel like it's too far in the future now that we could go back to that and really be relevant. But plus she's on the I think that would been true exactly yeah but that would have been really cool if you seen her come as negative woman maybe she's in space time prison in season season eight Mark. we just yes. you know keeping the dream alive uh, again we need another prison break we're just saying uh, once again if we had a prison break in season eight we just need a full minute of someone saying Wow, I wish Mick or Lun were here. They were really good at look at the camera because they would actually look in the camera in season eight. Yes, I want that Deadpool moment where like you just stare there for a while. Oh, just as a little like fun side note. um, 
on Rip's record, Kendra puts on the song We'll Meet Again, which again, constant reference. But that's also the song they play in Dr. Strange Love when the bomb goes off, which I think is a fun little reference. I, I can't tell you how many edits I've seen with that song being used, and it's always really depressing. So it's all and in an episode titled Failsafe, it um like to play that in celebration of a mission being successful just feels like the kind of like legends is a little backwards and it kind of feels that backwards and it's kids there it's also funny to play that as a celebration song when quite literally they will meet the bad guy again because he can't die well i mean and so like yeah and so everybody and celebration kind of gets to a point that where it's like, oh, we're celebrating, and guess who pops up again? Yeah. It's our Back favorite Boba Fett. Oh, our good friend Kronos shows up again. Well, just as a quick side note before we get to Kronos, I do like that Rip pulls Sarah and is like, hey, um, LOL, that was kind of fucked up. Yeah, he realizes uh, after the fact, not before he said it. Like, seriously, Rip. But he does say that you not pulling the trigger shows more humanity than you think it does. That it wasn't your assassin training that didn't make you take this shot by assessing the risk. It was your humanity that said this is a wrong thing to and do. And literally, I love Sarah's line there was like, I had help. And she immediately looks at Len while she does this. However you choose to see them, friends, more than that, um, that was a good moment. It's, it's a good moment in, like, the Sarah and Sart relationship, however, was always something I really enjoyed seeing and seeing that moment in season one. That just, it, it, warmed, it warmed my cold, angsty heart. Especially because, like, watching this now, it's interesting to look at Sarah, and Sarah just doesn't have connections to people. About this early in the season, especially, mm-hmm. but she just really doesn't have that close human connection to anybody on the team. And she starts to get it with Len, a little, just, little bit with Kendra, too, which yeah. again, should have seen more of that. Yeah. And I feel like that's the least likely person, too, because who Len is. Oh, so good. But yes, Kronos shows up. He starts shooting and we fall out of the time stream, which I I always like the idea that in the time stream, you can just fall somewhere <laughs> random in time. I, 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 the thing with when I say, oh, we're, we're in a temporal zone, it always has me wondering, it's like, how does a temporal zone exist? Is it like this infinite stretch? Like time? Or where are you going in this exactly? Um, is it like a Mobius strip? I... It's it's something I just think about a lot. In Justice League Unlimited, there was an episode. Take a drink. Take a drink. There was an episode with a time traveler whose name might have been Kronos. <laughs> Oops. Um, oh. But they basically had, in order to stop him, had to go to like the beginning of time, which I feel like they were in a similar kind of zippy temporal zone and then at the end was just a hand with a swirly thing in it it's honestly a plot device because it's like let's think of a place they could be where things won't happen for a bit it's a timeout zone yeah exactly we put the naughty naughty time masters in here (laughs) 
but they zip through the temporal zone and they crash land into a place. Nice little detail that it says smoke on the Palmer building. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we had to draw attention to that. But also, it's your very standard um, sit post-apocalyptic city city that has fallen into ruin. It's very it's a very generic design, and I'm sorry to say that I actually kind of liked it. For the money we had, well, this is because we could use arrow money for this episode coming up. So True, we was able to look a little better. And of course, we see what we think is Oliver Queen because Sarah's like. Oliver, it's me. And then, like, Ray's trying to tell him, like, remember we went tribe traveling and I told you all this stuff? Because I never heard of any legends and it's Connor, Connor Hawk. Yeah, that was, listen, for the episode that comes next, that was a pretty epic ending moment right there. Just It's a great states. It really was a great hook. It was, because you have, and also at the same time, you just kind of, you know, out Oliver Queen's secret identity. Who has a worse secret identity? Oliver Queen or Barry Allen? Batman. I mean, like, seriously, <laughs> hey, yeah. Not Batman's that's not good. Bruce Wayne, oh, no. though. How have you figured this out? I, I've always liked someone, this, is, this has been an old joke forever, but <laughs> the joke is that Bruce Wayne and Batman are dating. That's why they're not. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I feel like when they highlight Connor Hawk, it it is a good hook, but in rewatching the crossover that led to this, that whole crossover establishes William's existence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it it's this double-edged punch of it's not Oliver Queen and it's not William. Who is this? Because he doesn't say he's Connor Hawk. No. At the end of this episode. No, we don't find that out until later. Batman we see staring straight back at me. Oh, it, it's a good setup to a spoiler alert, not good episode. It is just, I wish that episode had been so much better, but it's just well, not. It's a mess. And we'll have to develop it. Develop. We're gonna next episode is gonna be us being. Freaking hate watch that to no end. So that's fair. Because kind of like as a wrap up thing for me, just at where we are at the end of this episode, we talked about how this White Knights and Failsafe are the better episodes so far because we're moving away from Arrow and the Flash and letting these characters develop and not in the shadow of the heroes. And this episode, the next episode, Star City 2046, takes us right back to square one. Mm-hmm. It really does. Like, it was a weird thing to do, honestly. We will talk about that. But what are our final thoughts of this episode? It's like one of my, up there with <laughs> one of my favorites. You get to see Firestorm. And you get to, like, the science behind uh, Firestorm. And you really get to see Jax really, really care about Martin. Because, again, he lost his dad. So I always thought, like, Martin's his father figure. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I think this is is definitely... When they say don't watch season one, they mean certain episodes of season one. I think that Failsafe and White Knights, they're essential episodes of season one that you absolutely should watch because... You delve into um, 
you delve into Nick and Ray, you delve into Sarah and Leonard slightly, you really delve into Stein, you really delve into Jack's and how they're apart and how they both work on their ends to come back together. And also, you know, I enjoy Valentina as a character. I enjoy her because she, I, I know we don't like Arrow, but she really reminds me of um, the character Summer Cloud played in Arrow. Yeah, I, I think this, like what you were echoing, I, I liked your point about they say to skip season one because there's a, there's a lot of bad episodes in season one. I think the pilot is, we talked about this, the pilot's weak. Like it has a premise, but if, if you hadn't invested your time into Arrow and the Flash, Legends was not it for you. Whereas I think now you can get into Legends around season three and be okay. And I know a lot of people did. Because then that's when you didn't have to have the background in order to get into it. I, I hate to say it again, but the MCUification. Yeah. Hey. Or, well, I say that, but it was also just the CW-verse as a whole became. If you didn't watch all of these things at once, you wouldn't know it was going to happen. But as far as this episode goes, I think there's really great character work on all sides. There's It's very quotable. The humor is there. It still has a little... It's a tear jerky moments, some emotion. It's, it does, rewatching it put me back in 2016 in the not bad way, if there is one, but it, it's just nostalgia. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's a solid episode. So where would we rate this on our scale? I think it's um, second to uh, White Knight at this point, because I still love White Knight a little bit more than this one. Mm-hmm. I put it above White Night Stream personally. Cause I, I like I like how it's hard with these two episodes because they're both very good episodes. hmm Yeah, I think White Knights might edge it out just a little bit for me. It's but the, I, I do it's agree the letter with letter flirting. It's no. <laughs> um I think no. I, I say that as a joke, but I really do think my enjoyment it varies between the two because there's really great elements in both. And it's such a good two-parter yeah. that it's almost hard to distinguish them from each other. It's, it's just so good. to later episodes, mm-hmm. standalone or not. But yeah, overall, um, we, so yeah, this is probably what an episode that we all really enjoyed and, generally consensus in the fandom is that this is a very good episode so yeah that's our review of it (laughs) all right so listen up listen up peeps it's my turn this week to hold the to bring our special event and because we had such a great firestorm episode um I decided to go back, go in to do some Firestorm trivia to give to Eden and Mary. Yay. Oh, guessing I will go. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but yeah, I have, I've done some Firestorm research before, but this is probably my first time like really get into it. And I'm going to have to like, I'm going to help. Hopefully I hold the poker face. I got a couple of questions to ask you guys. So are you ready? Yeah, we're ready. 
All right. Question number one. So we know we know it, we know through the air of canon, we've been introduced to Martin Stein, Roddy Raymond, and Jefferson Jackson as members of the Fire Star Matrix. Jason Rush has also appeared briefly in the Flash, who's in the comics, he is a member of the Fire Star Matrix. Do the follow and additional characters who are part of the Matrix include Lorraine Riley and Mikhail Artican. True or false? So bad at this stuff. Uh, false. Um, true. It is true. Sorry, I read a lot of comics. <laughs> but no, that's no, that's good. That's good. That's good. Now, in the flash, we were introduced to Death Storm on Earth 2. Death Storm is the fusion of Martin Stein and Ronnie Raymond. In, in, this, in this universe, however, they have gone dark. Now, in, so Death Storm came to be in the comics because of Ronnie Raymond's stint as a Black Lantern. True or false? Ooh. Um, I'm going to, like, seriously, false. I, I'm bad because I don't read comics. True? It is true. Same. I'm going to lose dead, this right? because I don't read comics. Yes, Ronnie, Ra Ronnie Raymond did become a Black Lantern in the comics. Now, he so he so he was so he was killed um, during an arc, and he was revived as a Black Lantern. Okay, I need a reading list after this is over because I feel like I know nothing. So there you it's go. Okay. That'll be a we could be a fun mini so pulling some comic issues people to read I, I need to i don't read enough comics but so next fact as i stated before ronnie raymond did become a black lantern in during during um the during during this during this arc ronnie raymond absorbed um it was oh it was black snipe there's my note sorry in Blackest Night, um, Roddy Raymond absorbs Jason Rush as black as as a Black Lantern, and he and he ends up burning Jason's girlfriend alive. True or false? I feel like I failed this. Um, true. I was gonna say true. It is false. See, I oh. should just go on my false kick here. So. So the so the girlfriend, I believe she's also part of the Firestorm Matrix. She is also a member of the Firestorm Matrix, uh, Gianna. Uh, so mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, he does she is not burned alive. Um, what happens is Ronnie um using Firestorm's transmutation transmutation powers, he turns her into table salt. Ha! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, why, why does that sound very Sodom and Gomorrah there for some That's reason? That's what I was thinking too when I read that. I was like, wow! <laughs> okay. All right. I have given some um, I have given some um, Ronnie Raymond facts, facts, but let me turn to the more the more consistent member of Fire so that we know, Martin Stein. So we know that in canon, Martin has his lovely wife, Clarissa who we all love and adore. Now, Clarissa is actually killed in the comics by the Crystal Frog, by um, Louise, oh wait, Louise Lincoln. That's what I wrote. Louise Lincoln after, in the comics. True or false? 
I hope this is false because oh. how dare you kill Clarissa? I'm just saying, how oh. dare you? I bet it's true because it's bad. It is false. Yes. Thank God. I was like, how here's, dare you? Here's what happened. Here's what happened. So yes, Martin and Clarissa are, do get married in the comics. However, Clarissa files for divorce because of Martin's um, obsession with the obsession with building an atomic testing center, which is later the site of the firestorm explosion that causes him and Ronnie to fuse together. That's so sad. You mean they don't? They're not together. He's he's when... not a good husband. He's not a good husband in the comics. One thing that Arrowverse did right. Yeah, ah, I, I seriously true. love the relationship between Martin and Lacrosse. So how dare they? <laughs> all right. At least they didn't bridge her. Okay. All right. All right. Couple, all right. Couple more. So in the in in comics, Martin Stein's favorite authors are H.G. Wells and Laura Byron. True or false? That, that sounds seems- like some bullshit. That's true. Yeah, it, it does sound true to me, too. I'm sorry, it's false. Really? His, fav- ah. his, his favorite authors are in the comics said to be Edgar Allan Poe, and I'm so sorry about this, but H.P. Lovecraft. He got one right, okay? He got one right. <laughs> Who Why? is this? Goth. <laughs> I, got, Martin Stein should have gotten to wear punk gear. This is my thesis. You're right. Oh my god, we missed out on this. Damn it. It was rough. But yeah. Um... Was Martin Stein in punk? <laughs> look, it, look, um, we missed on two things. Martin Stein so, in punk and Gary in park, punk. So, how, yeah. so I got, so how many, so I got, um, I got two more ones. I got two more. Well, Mary's Let's winning. <laughs> Wait, it's, well, a, yeah, it's, keeps... it's a two it's you are winning two i only got score. one i think you got two, two or three hey we got two more it's time to catch it's time to catch up all right now um so in the dc lego um super villains video game i believe yes we're bringing yes we're bringing that in um Deep cut lore i love you it. can you can play as Earth 3 Martin Stein as Deathstorm. True or false? False. Oh, I love Lego DC so much, but I, I never got to play the recent stuff. Um, please let this be true. It is true. That's why I said Mary. Does it, does it come on the Wii? All I have is a Wii. You're doing better than me, man. I got nothing. I don't know. I I don't know. I have to. If somebody would like to send a copy, (laughs) someone tell me if it's available for the Wii. All right, and um, I'm very sad. I couldn't find more. I can't find comics. Jack's lore because I don't have Jack's the comics. Which, well, we're gonna have another thing. Yeah, we're we're gonna have Jack. So if you haven't realized, if you well, if you haven't been the loop of Legends, they are gonna release a comic later this year. Or we can see former legends. Uh, next month, it. actually. Yeah, next oh, month, yeah. I think it is. But uh, we're gonna and Jax is in the Captain Cold parka. Everyone needs <gasps> Which to we're know. excited about because I want to know how he got that. Seriously. Are we are 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 we Leonard Snart lovers or are we just Captain Cold lovers? Uh, both, 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 both. Ooh, good. Last one. 
In the comics, Roddy Raymond has a nickname, Flamehead. True or false? Why does that seem true? False. It is true. Because it's ridiculous. Also, another wild fact that I found. Apparently, Roddy Raymond is not his birth name. It was his birth name is Ronnie Rockwell, but he and his father were put in a witness protection. Interesting. Huh. He Sorry, was never I'm with doing Caitlin, this... right? Huh? He was never with Caitlin, though, right? I don't even. Know. I did I not even... look that far into it. I honestly, because that I glossed over that at all. I was looking for the obscure stuff, like that's where I was like. Martin Stein actually did go to school with Louise Lincoln, but um, no, I made up the whole thing that she killed Clarissa. You can't kill oh Clarissa Stein. I'm 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 here to fight that. All right. Interesting. Well, thank you so much for all of the firestorm lore, Kate. I feel like we've all learned Sorry. something here today. I did. I learned. I learned. I need to uh, read comics. That's what I learned. We'll do a little mini episode later about some of our favorite comic issues. And I think that about wraps it up for this week. So again, tune in next week for us talking about Star City 2046. It's gonna be lit. Um, bring your drink of choice. And drink responsibly. Drink responsibly at the spot. <laughs> so, with that being said, it's time for us to sign out. I'm Mary. I'm Eden. And I'm Kate. And we'll catch you next week. Bye. Peace out.